Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Read just a couple verses real quick. Preach for a day and a half, and then go home. Best got our lunch in the in the oven so far. Don't get home in time, it's going to burn, and then she'll get mad at me. But we can always go out to Taco Bell. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. It's an interesting passage the Lord preached. I was, I was reading through there. You ever read your Bible and come across a verse and it just kind of troubles you? Another a parable uh, put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, where, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it was grown, it, it, uh, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air uh, come and lodge in the branches thereof. And another parable, he spake unto them. Father, thank you for your blessings. I do praise you. Bless this message this morning. Simple message, Lord, but uh, one of great truth. I just thank you for it. I should bless it now. Bless those that are here. Lord, uh, if anyone in here doesn't know you, just pray that you touch their heart. Show them. Get them a little closer to you. For the rest of us, Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, help us to see where we actually sit in this thing, Lord, uh, that you called uh, the age of grace. And Lord, uh, what we're doing with our lives. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, this is a, 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 the other day, or last couple of weeks ago, I preached a message on the tares and the wheat. Uh, this is another part. I've, I've preached before on uh, the, the uh, stony ground and, and the wayside and the thorns. And, and I've also preached, uh, we, the rest of that message is good ground. Uh, the first parable of this whole passage here in chapter 13, G Jesus mentioned seven parables here. And he goes through all of them. And the first parable was the sower and the, and the seed. And, and that's the, they reject the gospel. The first three, is, is the gospel is rejected. All won't get saved, but some will. You've got to remember that. Sometimes we think that everybody's going to get saved. They just will not. Uh, the Word of God will go out. The Word of God will do what it's supposed to do. Uh, the Word of God is going to either judge somebody here and convince them they need to get saved and they get saved, or it'll judge them over there. They will get judged. You will get judged. The Word of God is just that way. All won't, uh, like, uh, all won't turn out like one would think. <laughs> uh, there is the wayside. There is stony ground. There is uh, amongst the thorns, and there is definitely on good ground. There's four different places people turn out. And sometimes the, the last two are definitely, I think, are saved. The, the first two are, the, uh, the first one's definitely debatable. The second one is almost there, but not there yet. And you never know if it's going to get there. But the last two in thorny ground, uh, thorny grounds, and then they choked out by the thorns of the world and, and the good soil. I believe both of those are, are saved people. Uh, they got the word of God. They knew exactly what to do. Uh, one just got choked out by the cares of this world, and the other got in good ground and grew on and did the things. So you know you can't ever tell how somebody's going to turn out. You don't know how they're going to be down the road. You got to just let, let the Lord have it. You can only do what you're supposed to do. Uh, there is nothing wrong with the sower. The sower here in chapter, uh, down in verse 37, go look at, I think it was 37. I could be wrong, but uh, I think it was verse 37. Uh, he answers and saith unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with the sower. The sower, before the foundations of the world, decided to build a universe. Before the foundations of the world decided, you know, before, when you say before the foundation of the world, you're going to be going back. People say, well, there is no gap. You, I have to disagree with you. Uh, because he said, before the foundations of the world. Well, uh, if you go take your Bible, that places you way back there in heaven somewhere. And before all that, Jesus had a plan. The sower already knew what he was going to do, how he was going to sow, and where he was going to sow, and what the response was of what he was sowing. There's nothing wrong with the seed. I don't know about you, David. I got a Bible in my hand. I love that thing. This is probably the greatest book on the face of this planet. Well, I don't say probably. It is. I rephrase that. I was wrong. I told you all this morning that I was like 99.999% always correct. There's one I was just wrong. The greatest book on the face of this planet is sitting in front of you. If it's a King James 1611, you got the answers to everything you'd ever need in life. It's sitting right there. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is us. The issue is always the ground. Our ground is where our problem is. The second parable, and I, t I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, was uh, the wheat and the tares. The good seed always grow no matter what. 
You know what? Somebody who wants Jesus Christ will find Jesus Christ no matter what. If they don't want Jesus Christ, they won't find Jesus Christ because they don't want Jesus Christ. They'll never see him. They'll never look for him. They'll just find any way they can to do it. And they'll go off into eternity and die and go right to hell. Well, first they'll die, and then they'll go into eternity. That's the second time I was wrong. And then they'll face a judgment. And then they'll die and go to hell. I mean, it's not worth it, man. It's not worth it. Uh, bad seed always shows up to hinder our growth. You know, there's people around you all the time trying to discourage you and keep... That's why you need to get a good solid foothold of what Jesus is in your life. Servants in, in the wheat and the tares, servants come up to the, the master and say, oh, so we go out and pull up the tares. Servants of the master cannot always tell the difference between good wheat and the tares. You know what a lot of over the years what I've learned is that young people will get out there or young people in the Lord will get out there and do more damage than, than uh, somebody older. Because they'll go out there and think they know what to do and they'll hurt people more than they'll help them. And they'll sit there and pull up, and that next thing you know, I'm gonna, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to get in front of the Catholic Church. And I'm, that is about stupid as it could be. you got pr privilege in this country to sit there and preach. And i got privilege, I think, I'm, we, on our sign out there, only by pride. I told him, I said, I want to put this sign on. Our, there's a verse, Proverbs. Only by pride cometh contention. Do you know that if there's a problem between two people, it's always a, a pride issue shows up. It's pride. Contention only is caused by pride. And it says, only by pride cometh contentions. That's an argument. That's a fighting. That's something wrong. Uh, and the argument's always going to get between God and myself or God and the world. And, and God's never wrong, so the Lord's never wrong, so it's always going to be us. And I, I was saying, you know what? This is Pride Month. We ought, we ought to put out there on that sign, only by pride cometh contention. And put the verse there. Go read it. You know what the problem is? Is you don't like what the Word of God says. The Word of God is there to make you change. Show you that, hey, I got the problem and I need to change. If the pride is so great that you can't change, there's a problem. You got a pride issue. You need to let go of that thing. Your eternity is resting on that. You're, I don't, I'm sorry, man. I gave up 43 years ago. I gave up, man. I said, I'm done. I don't like hell. I don't even like the thought of hell. I don't like, I don't, I don't like sticking my hand. Man, you know, when I grew up, uh, I used to smoke. And some of these idiots, man, they would, I'm going to show you how much a man I am. And they'd smoke a cigarette and they'd stick it in their arm. And they do this, and they let it sit there and burn them. And, and depending on how long you could hold the cigarette there and let it burn your arm is how much a man. No, that shows you how stupid you are. Uh, I mean, anybody who would do, I, I don't know about you, but fire just doesn't seem like a way that I'd like to go uh, or be there for eternity. I, I can't even imagine being in a place for eternity. But that's the Lord's choice. That's the Lord's choice, not mine. Mine isn't it. The master is the only one that can tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. Servants can't do that. So many times we make those decisions, we can't make those decisions. Uh, tares can easily imitate a true believer, but in the end it will show. There's a lot of people out there who look good, smell good, and are messed up. Old preacher one time said, the shirts are starched, the shirts are ironed, but they were never washed. You ought to listen to that one for a minute, man. Just because the shirt's in the closet and it ain't got no wrinkles on it don't mean it's clean. And a lot of times people will act like they're a certain way, and, and they've never, the Bible says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. The third parable is the grain of mustard seed. That's where they pervert the gospel. They imitate the gospel, number two, but the third one there, they pervert it. I always had a problem with this, this one right here. This parable speaks of a very small seed having a great effect. It speaks of a, a different plant that turns into a monstrosity and will try to corrupt the true seed. It talks about this mustard seed turning into a tree. And I've tried every way in the world to go and read. I've read a couple commentaries, so I think I got it straight now. But initially when I read that thing, I, I thought, well, you know, the mustard, you go across it real quick, and the mustard seed turns into a tree. And grows. But everything I read about a mustard seed, a mustard seed just don't do that. A mustard seed grows into it. It's a bush. It's a shrub. It is not a tree. It can't be a tree. It's a mustard seed. It's a bush. And uh, you know what churches out there do? They, you listen to every one of them. They try to make that tree as it grows up and the birds and everything. And, all and they, they try to make it a spiritual thing. And it's not, it is a spiritual thing, but it's a lot more negative than what they think. Our text this morning is Matthew 13, 31 through 32. A parable. It's a parable. It's a story. It's, it's just a story that the Lord is telling, but he's telling you it, it's, a, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. 
He's trying to get something across to us that we can see and hear and feel and touch and get it in our minds and make us think about something. The fourth parable is the parable of the leaven. I'm going to, I'm going to preach a sermon on that one too. The fifth parable is that of the hidden treasure in the field. The sixth parable is the parable of the pearl of great price. And the seventh parable is the parable of the fishers in that. Seven parables there the Lord hits real quick, one right after the other in the same chapter. And he's trying to get you to see something to help you get through this life. There are some things that's going on in this life. And right now, you're talking about a parable that is probably more prevalent for this age than any. This, these seven right here are great, man. Uh, all these parables are illuminating the age from the ministry of Jesus Christ until the judgment. It isn't just what Jesus is talking about. He's illuminating what is going to happen all the way up to the judgment. Brethren, you can't tell what's going to happen between now and then. All you can do is in your life, you can say, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And you, I've seen people get saved and, and say they got saved and you never see a bit of uh, life out of them. I've seen other people who messed up and do all kinds of stuff and get saved and, and still in, in time their lives change. I've seen very few people that just turn like that and just go 100%. I just don't see that. But you know what? We're sitting here, we're looking at a mustard seed. A parable illuminates what's going on in this age. The Lord is sitting here talking about a seed. He's saying there's a mustard plant, and, and you start reading up about mustard plants, and it's just a little bitty seed. They show what this age will be like, uh, the parables will, what to expect, so you won't be taken by surprise. Uh, the Lord is trying to keep you from getting discouraged and depressed. Brother, this world is messed up. If you think it's normal, then you're messed up. It is messed up. Why would I even want to put on the sign out there, only by pride cometh contention? The pride, pride month? Why don't they have white Anglo-Saxon male month? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them for not having that, but I mean, why don't you have that? What's wrong with white Anglo-Saxon males? If you got Afro-American month and you got every other month, what's wrong with that month? How about Catholic month? How about Baptist month? How about Presbyterian month? How about any of the other months? I'm sitting there going, you know what it is? They're trying to start contention. They're trying to divide. Who would do that? I don't even blame it on our government. That's the devil doing that. Only by pride cometh contention. When you boil that thing right down to it, it has to be between Satan and God. And the Lord's not wrong. He never has been wrong. In this parable, Jesus is revealing to us that the real seed cannot be corrupted. That mustard tree, man, that little mustard plant is a cool little plant. It's got a little, have you ever had, I like this, man, I like, you ever had horseradish? Horseradish is cool, man. It'll, it'll open your sign. If you've got a sinus problem, you ought to love horseradish. Horseradish uh, is a perennial plant. Mustard seeds, by the way, only the plant only lasts two years. And then it has to reproduce itself or it goes away. Uh, is a perennial plant of the, now Andrew, you can correct me if you want, uh, a family of the whatever it is, uh, which also includes mustard, wasabi. I mean, these people eat that, uh, that uh, what do they call it? Stuff? Sushi. And they got this green stuff called wasabi they put on it. I get it. It opens up your nasals too, man. Uh, broccoli, cabbage, and radishes. Radishes, you know you eat a radish, man. All these are shrubs. They grow in the ground. They, they, they're just plants that grow there. They're not trees, but they have a purpose. You know what? He, he likens us, he likens Christianity, he likens believers to a mustard seed. Just a little bitty thing. You know, a little bitty thing has a great effect. Boy, you ground that mustard seed up, you get radish, or one of them guys, man, you ground them all up, and you start doing the right thing, and, and you heat them, and you kill it. But if you eat it like it is, like, man, it'll open your head up, and you'll, and you'll just sit there and breathe. You know, mustard seed is a great thing, man. I like mustard. I don't want a hot dog without mustard on it. Amen. I haven't ever figured up I open up my kitchen and open up my refrigerator, and there's like 14 kinds of mustard in there. Well, no, no, no. There's only like two or three kinds of mustard. There's 14 bottles. I'm like, what do we need five bottles of yellow mustard in the refrigerator for? I have no, I still haven't figured that out. But we're going to need a lot of hot dogs to get rid of those things. Hot dogs. You can't eat a hot dog without mustard on it. You can't do it. Uh, it is a root vegetable cultivated and used worldwide as a spice or as a condiment. The species is probably native to southern Europe and western Asia. It goes on and on and on about a mustard seed. But a mustard seed is just a little plant. Uh, they say they grow about six foot. How do you get a tree out of a mustard plant? Have you ever wondered that? The Lord sits there. You know, he doesn't explain this parable. The other two, three, he explains. This one he doesn't explain. 
Why wouldn't he explain the thing? He would think that you would know the difference between a mustard plant and a tree. But you didn't. What he's trying to tell you is what's going to happen in the age. And he's sitting there, and those that will hear will hear. You know, I've, I've talked to lost people before. And, and salvation is the furthest thing away from them because they don't want to hear. You know why the Lord uses parables? Because people like that don't want to hear anyways. If you want to hear, you'll figure the thing out. All of a sudden, it'll start clicking, and something in your head will go, what is, what is a, how can a mustard tree become a plant, become a tree? I'll hear Christians trying to find every way in the world to make that thing a good tree. It ain't. It ain't. It's not a good tree at all. The sower, I'm going to read the verses again, Matthew 13, 31. Another parable he put forth unto them saying, this is Jesus talking, the kingdom of heaven. It's an earthly thing. He's talking about a plant buried and, and planted in the earth. Is the kingdom of heaven. He goes, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. So he goes out and sows it. you got to sow it. Every two years, that plant dies. It, it, it grows. It, it, it's just a it just little flowery thing comes up. it got little shoots all over the place. It's like a, a honeysuckle. That would be a good one, too. Honeysuckle comes up out there with all its little limbs and arms and stuff. And then it has uh, leaves on it, and then it, it has the seeds on it, and you get a bunch of seeds. He goes, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the, uh, the least of the seeds. It's a tingly, brother, you know what you are? You're the least. I told him this morning. Do you know, and I, everybody in the so you in Sunday school class, don't say it, the, the rock concert, everybody loves rock and music. You think music is great? Music is the pit. The biggest rock concert in the world. Do you know how many people was at that concert? 350 million people came to one rock concert with Rod Stewart in Brazil in 1990. 350 million. That's probably 349 million, 999. I don't know how they got exactly. But, I mean, they rounded it off to 350 million. You can't hardly get people to come to church on Sunday morning. You open up Kings Island, the place packs out. Cedar Point packs out. Everybody's version, ball games, everything else packs out. The wickedness and everything else that goes on in those places. Uh, somebody sent us a thing, asked us if we want to go on a cruise again, or if we want to go on a cruise at the, uh, the COVID. And I wouldn't go on a cruise if you paid me to go on a cruise. I've tried. I've looked at them, man. I mean, how in the world could you possibly go on that thing? You have to reject and chunk everything that you believe to go on that thing, or you put blinders on and do this, and then you're going to fall over the side and get eaten by a shark. Brother, in this world, how can you possibly live in this world and do the things of this world and not see what's going on. We, it's, everything is a temporal thing to us. You know what? I, I was telling somebody about that. I was on a jury duty one time, and this lady was on there. And, and this guy, and they put me on. I don't know why they put me on a jury. I think everybody's guilty. Guilty, guilty. Hang them, hang them. That's the way I, I think that way, unless they're innocent. So this guy and this other guy steals a truck up north in here, Troy somewhere. They drive it down here to Centerville someplace, and they get off into one of these back roads, and the, the truck quits running, runs out of gas, does whatever it does. They pull it into the cornfield there, and, and they're about a quarter of a mile down the street at a stop sign. Now, this is like 6 o'clock in the morning. So the police comes down there, sees the truck down there off the side of the road, comes down, stop sign, here's two guys. What would you naturally think? Those are the two guys out of that truck. So he asked the two guys, he said, hey, are you guys, uh, do you know anything about that truck? Oh, no, we don't know nothing about that truck at all. We're just waiting here for my dad to come pick me up because uh, we're just standing out of the field. So the policeman leaves, goes down the, the, this other road, about a mile down the road, there's a, a quick store down there, and, uh, and he goes in, and they got cameras, and they pull up the film on the cameras, and there's some guys in that truck. Now, they can't get the driver because they can't see his face, but the other guy that got out on the other side of the truck just as clear as day, man, who he is. And he's all over the store and back in the truck. His fingerprints are all over that side of the truck. And then here we go. We go to court. And they bring all this stuff out. And the guy's not going to say anything. Because since they can't get the driver, they want to they wanna nail this guy so that they can get him pressure on him. So he'll, he'll rat the other guy out. I got what they're doing. But the evidence is as clear as it can be. The guy's guilty, man. And he doesn't want to say a word. So the judge says, okay, you guys and the 12 jurors, and I was one of them, go back there. And this lady is in there. And it gets right down to me and her. And she's like, but, I, but I'm a mother, and, and I'm just thinking. I said, the guy is a stinking thief. But a mother, you know, could you imagine? No, I don't think about a mother. I'm not a mother. I'm a father, and my kids are messed up. And if they, they go to jail too, man, I'm fine. I was young, and I went to jail. It's only fair. <laughs> the guy's guilty. 
She goes, I knew you were going to be like that. What do you expect me to be like? What do you do with truth? Finally, the lady agreed. It took us about 40 minutes to do the whole thing. We went back in. I said, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Let me tell him. Let me tell him. Let me tell him. And the judge goes, jury, have you reached a verdict? Yes, we have. We have. Guilty. Hang him. Hang him. Let's do it right now. Can I pull the rope? I didn't go that far, but, but I'm telling you what, brethren. The judge looked at us and says, man, this is the fastest jury I've had in years, man. They were tickled pink because now they could go against the guy, and I don't know what the outcome was. They never called me back to be a juror ever again. I don't know why they did that, but, but I tell you what, you know what, the, the whole world you know, is messed up. And we don't want the truth. We don't want nothing to do with the truth. The sower, you can't mess that thing up. The sower, I was going somewhere with that, and I lost it. It's going to hit me in a minute, and I'm going to hurt. It's going to give me my headache back. But, but the devil is always trying to stop us from doing the right thing. Oh, emotions. We want to flow with emotions. So then we hear this thing about gay month, gay pride month. Why are they any different than I am? Why are they different? Why do they need anything? Why do we have to sit there and raise them up and put them on a pedestal? Why do we have to go into our stores and walk into a store that they walk into and they shove that stuff down our throat? But then in Utah, they took the Bible out of the, out of the library because it's a hateful book. Well, everything queers do is hateful too. As a matter of fact, just about everything everybody does is hateful anymore. I feel sorry for people, man. How in the world can you even live in a world where you, you sit there and the world is constantly telling you what you have to do and how you have to do it, and it doesn't match up with the Scripture at all? You know I'm a little teeny weeny seed. That's the whole world. But I'm a little teeny weeny mustard seed. And the Lord says, you can do great things. You can open the sinuses. You ever open anybody's sinuses? You ever watch their face when you tell them about Jesus and they just get all mad? It's the coolest thing in the whole wide world, man. You know what you need to do is go out there and start witnessing to people. And just watch them, man. Watch them. They get all upset. They, get, they can't handle it. They can't handle the truth because the emotional side, like that lady in the courtroom, in that jury, she wanted to play off the emotional side. You got to throw your emotions out the window. What's truth? We, the Bible says truth has fallen in the streets. We, what we have done is we've let it fall, and we don't want to do what God says do. You know what the Lord is saying? He goes, a mustard plant is one of the coolest little plants around. He goes, but you got to watch out for that tree. He goes, because what will happen is you will get that plant growing, and all of a sudden, out of that thing, the devil will come up and make something totally different out of it. I was sitting there thinking, I said, Lord, what is this? I heard a man preach on this. So I went back to a couple commentaries that I trust, really trust. And lo and behold, these are three different sources, and all of them agreed on the exact same thing. This tree is of the devil. You know where you sit today? You sit in a world where a tree has done grown out of religion. And that thing is under, take your Bibles, go to Daniel chapter 4. I was amazed these men all use this. I stole this message, man. I'm not afraid to tell you at all, man. I, just, I stole it. I didn't steal it. It just bothered me for a long time. And as I was looking at it, I said, hey, Lord, this is a good message, man. It's a great message. Why aren't we preaching this message? Why don't, why don't we tell people what we are? Why don't we, why don't we know what we are so that we can get through this thing? Chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, the king unto the people, nations and languages uh, that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. He's done, went out, and he's taken Israel, brought them all in, took all their gold, all their jewels, everything else. He's brought them into where he's at. Nebuchadnezzar is sitting there, and he's talking about, uh, verse 2, he says, And I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the, uh, the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and his mighty, uh, mighty, uh, and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Sounds great, doesn't it? Boy, I'm just going to tell you what God done. That's what the world does. Have you ever talked to people that, that go to different churches or go to different religious organizations? And they sound just like that. It's kind of hard to tell the difference sometimes what people are saying. And what they're doing. Keep on, let's keep on reading. Let me see, let me, hang on. So I read that, I read that, I read that, I read that. So the mustard plant is a tree. Uh, the, so the mustard plant is the tree in an unusual progression. It's not normal. I'm going to get back to Daniel. Don't go away there. But the Lord said over in Genesis 1, um, 1 11, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass 
an herb yielding seed, different, and a fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. You know, Robert Schuler said this. Old, old preacher, not the Schuler out in the glass cathedral. He said this. Uh, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in the seed. That's a big difference. You can take an apple, cut it open, pull all the seeds out, and say, I got 15 seeds. You have no idea if you plant those 15 seeds how many apples you're going to get. You know, mustard seeds, as little as it is, you have no idea what you're going to get out of that mustard seed. So as an ear of corn, same way. You plant an, a, a, corn, a, a corn kernel, and you get a stalk with two ears on it, and you get hundreds of corn kernels. You can take the hundreds of corn kernels and do that, and you're going to just keep multiplying. Before you long, you have billions of corn kernels. You say, what is that? Off of one? You know what we have in our hands, and the Lord's trying to show you, you're going through a time period where the devil is going to try to stop everything we're doing. It's going to try to hinder you from doing it. It's going to try to get you to emotionally compromise what you think and what you know so that you can blend in with this world. And you're never supposed to blend in. A mustard plant is supposed to be a mustard plant. It is not a tree. Never was a tree. Here in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. Verse 4, 4-4, four, four, it says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, this is the tree that Jesus is talking about back there. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my own house in my house, and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid. Why would it make you afraid? And the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I made a decree to bring in the wise men of, the Babylon, of Babylon before me. Listen to who he's bringing in. Uh, they, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, the, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, Chaldeans and the soothsayers, and I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But at last, Daniel came before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, not our God, but his God, uh, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, plural, and before him I told the dream, saying, so Belteshazzar, or, or uh, Nebuchadnezzar, doesn't really understand uh, who God is yet. He just, he's mentioning, he's talking. A lot of religions are just that way. But at last, Daniel came in. Uh, o Belteshazzar, verse 9, master of the magicians. Well, that's just the title he gave me. Because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and that no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of my head in my bed as I sat and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and the height of the tree was great, and the tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof uh, reached there unto, uh, reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit uh, there, uh, thereof was much, and in it was meat for all, and the beast of the field and the shadow, uh, had shadow under it, and the fowls of heaven uh, dwelt in the, the boughs thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. And I saw in the vision in my head and on, upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and the Holy One came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said, Thus hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off the leaves and scatter the fruit. Uh, let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from, under, uh, from the branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his root in the earth, even with the bands of iron and the brass and the tender uh, grass of the field. And let it be uh, with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the grass of the earth. And let, or let, his, let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from a man's heart, a man's, and let a beast heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is the decree of the watchers, and, and the uh, demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up, uh, setteth up over it the basis of men. The, this dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, declare of the, uh, the interpretation thereof, for as much as, as the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able 
for the spirit of the God, holy God is in thee. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. Father, again, bless this message. Uh, Lord, help me get this thing, uh, give me clarity of thought. And Father, I praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Daniel heard that message. He heard that dream. And it blew him up. It blew him out of the water, man. He sits there and, he, and immediately he knew exactly what that thing was. Uh, he sits there and goes, oh, man. And for an hour, he couldn't say a word. These other guys are all sitting there going, blah, blah, blah. You know what that says? They don't know a thing. Daniel then gives him the interpretation of that dream. After an hour, the king looks at him and says, Daniel, don't worry about it. Daniel says, King, this is against you. The evil men hate you. The ones, let's read what he says. Go on down just a couple verses, and then I'm going to preach for a few minutes, and we'll be done. Uh, Daniel, uh, the tree which thou sawest. Wait a minute. Belteshazzar answered, my Lord, verse, verse 19, in the middle of the verse. Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, the dream uh, be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest which grew and was among, uh, was strong, whose height reached uh, unto the heaven and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair and the fruit uh, thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and an, an, an upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation, it is thou, O king, thou art grown and become strong. Babylon has become a great, great religion in our country, in our world. The tree that the Lord is talking about over there in Matthew, he says a mustard seed, and he's talking about a mustard seed, but it grows into something totally different that morphs out to something that's not what it's supposed to be. It looks like it's supposed, but a mustard tree never grows. A mustard seed never turns into a tree. It doesn't do it. What religion has done is it's taken something God has and morphed that thing out to where now they're trying to tell you this is what it is. They're putting you under an umbrella. The umbrella is Nebuchadnezzar. It's a Babylon system. Where you're sitting at today, the Roman Catholic Church owns just about everything you got. And they're sitting there all across this thing, and everybody, the birds of that, you know there's not one. Oh, take your Bibles, let's real quick. Go to Revelation chapter 19. You ever looked up birds? Birds just aren't a good thing, man. I sit there thinking about those birds. They're sitting in the, every time I think about, well, here, let's read Revelation 19 first, and then I'll tell you what I was. I like, I like looking at them documentaries on Africa. Africa's a cool place, man. That's still where it's lions are lions and vultures are vultures. Is this where the birds? Yeah, here you go, here you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 17, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowl that fly in the midst of heavens, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. That tree that's sitting there that the Lord's talking about, got birds all in it. You know, I, I sit there and watch documentaries. I like Africa. I like watching this stuff over because, I mean, you still got lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Alligators, man. And, and, I mean, hippos are pretty mean things, too. But under those trees, you'll find a tree out there somewhere. The only tree out there that looks like the safest place, there'll be lions all under that thing. And up in that tree be vultures. And the vultures are waiting for the lion to go out and kill somebody. So some poor ox or uh, whatever, the water buffalo, whatever, man, zebra, giraffe, whatever, gets in the way, a bunch of lions take it down, start chowing down on it. When they get their bellies filled, they go over and lay somewhere. And then the vultures come down and finish it off. And if the vultures don't do it quick enough, the hyenas come and get it and they finish it off. Then the lion's got to come back and run everybody off. You know, it's like a eat, 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 kill and be eaten. That's all it is over there. And I'm sitting there looking at this thing. I said, Lord, that tree, how could that tree become a, a tree out of a mustard seed? It can't, it can't do that. So I started looking up some, some references. And every one of them went right back to this story. Dr. Rutman went right back to the story. Adrian Rogers went right back to the story. They were, I mean, they all went right back to the story. I'm like, how in the world? Where did you get that at? And I said, if you listen to all these commentators out there, they try to make it some spiritual thing and some, the church is growing into this. And that has nothing to do with it. That's a demonic thing. And where we're sitting is we are the seed of the mustard seed, and we're coming through this thing. And if you don't watch out, you know what the, the Protestants, the Protestants, the Catholics, the Greek Orthodox, the Mormons, the Jehovah's, all of them fall under that tree. And they have blended in there and got messed up, and now they're all messed up. You know what the hardest job you're ever going to do is stay straight. You're coming through this. The Lord is showing you how you can get through this thing called life the right way. On his side, but you know what you're going to do? You're going to have to get on his side. You're going to have to know exactly who you are.
what you are and what you're here for. You know what's wrong with most of us? We forget what we're here for. That tree is a, the Lord in this parable is talking about the kingdom of heaven and the perfect likeness to this is Babylon. You can't miss this thing. I mean, it lays there. As, when I started reading the thing, I said, Lord, I'm, I know I'm not going to be able to preach this thing the way I want to preach it. It's going to be bigger than what I should probably go through three or four times. But I said, Lord, this thing is bigger than all of us. He goes, yes, you're right, it is. I said some over here didn't even tell you what it was. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need about. You know, that's something I should have studied a long time ago. And I should have looked at that a long time ago. I ran across that verse several times and never really. St- and, and then I said, well, I'm going to start checking some sources out. And when I started checking it out, everyone of them said the same thing. I said, Lord, how stupid, how ignorant are we? He goes, you need to study. Babylon is the root of all false religions. The Catholic Church, and, and then 325 A.D., Constantine came along. Even the Catholics don't realize what happened. Constantine came along, and he said, I've seen a, a, a cross in heaven. And he goes, I'm going to blend the, the pagans in with the, the Christians, and we're going to make a church. And that's where the Catholic Church started. And they brought every religion under that thing. Christmas has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. I'm sorry if you like to have presents. I do too, man. I like Esther Price candy. Give me, all, give me the dark chocolate pecan I don't care when you give them to me either. If you want to give them to me at Christmas, Easter, fine. I'll take them. I'll take them on 4th of July. Could care less. <laughs> Brethren, we sit here and emotionally say, well, Easter, Easter has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It is a, it is a pagan holiday. I know, it, I know it offends because people sit and go, oh, you're touching. That's because Babylon has done propagated that stuff to us so long that we've sucked into it. We think that everything is normal. And, and, and the white people, you got the problem. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I think personally, I think we did cause a lot of problems. The Indians were perfectly happy till we come over here. They were killing themselves all over the place. They were taking over this Indian. They, that group, they were the buffalo. There's billions of buffalo out there. They had all the food they want to eat. White men come over here, mess the whole thing up. When I say white men, I'm talking about Spaniards, English. It's not just the English. It's all them guys. Magellan, all of them could come over here. They brought diseases, everything else, killed off all the Indians. I think if you're going to do something, you ought to have Indian month. What month? I have never even heard. Do we have an Indian month? I don't even know. Have an Indian day. They don't have nothing for them guys, and they're the ones where they throw them on some little island out or some little desert place out there, and then they find oil, and they kick them off and get that. Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist. He's the tree. He's always been a type of the Antichrist. He's sitting there. He's telling how great God is, but he's never really given God the glory. And Daniel is sitting there astonished for an hour. Daniel is a captive Jew out of Israel because they did wrong too. And God says, you didn't, you didn't honor the Sabbath for, for all the years, 490 years. I'm going to kick you out of your land for 490, for 70 years until the Sabbaths are taken care of. And then I'll let you go back. You know what he did? He went to a worldly kingdom and took the worldly kingdom to come and get them and take them. Nebuchadnezzar has always been a picture of the Antichrist. And the Lord says, I'm going to come down. And in his, you think Christians are supposed to be in his umbrella? No, so the fowl that's in his umbrella is not, is not good birds. They're thinking vultures sitting there just waiting to devour. The true tree represents false cults which appear until the time of judgment. They'll be here the whole time. They're never going to go away. Just because my mom goes there, my dad goes there, my brothers go there, my sister doesn't make it right. You know, I thank God, 1980, out on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, I found a little Bible, and I, I just chunked everything. I chunked it all, man. I chunk every bit of it. I chunk everything. I don't care about nothing. If it's true, it's true. If it's a lie, it's a lie. I did that same thing going through school. Don't tell me to push an I believe button. No, if somebody made that stupid thing, I should be able to figure out how it works. I know how electronics work. I can trouble it. I used to in the day. I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know if I want to put my head to that anymore. But I used to be able to do that. I could go in and tell you how something worked right down at the component level. I could tell you could give me something. I could say this is the problem. This is it. That I've, I've troubleshot chips. I've troubleshot the whole thing. I mean, brethren, I'm telling you what. There, there is not an I, I believe button. You, there's no I believe button. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He said, whose leaves were fair. He's talking about this Babylon. He says, verse 21 over in Daniel, whose leaves were fair and the fruit thereof much. And in it was meat for all. You know what the system today is trying to say? Oh, we'll take care of everybody. They can't take care of nobody. It is a mess. 
Everybody is striving to get more and more and more under these. Everybody's trying to go to that umbrella and say, hey, and Satan is just feeding them up, feeding them, and they, they think, I got to keep going this way. And people drop out of there and they, sit and they think this is it. No, it's not. Under which the beasts of the fields, you know what's under that tree in Africa all the time? Them lions, hyenas. Man, you got some weird beasts out there. And there were, you know, the mustard tree, really, the mustard plant doesn't have anything like that around it. Mustard, it can hold a bird or two in it, but it ain't going to hold much. And most of the birds aren't going to eat the mustard seed anyways. And upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. They ate up there. They blood all over the top of that thing. The fowls are the same as the ones in the parable we just read over in Matthew. The fowls eat the seed. If Matthew 13, or Matthew 13, 3, it says they plant the seed, some by the wayside, and before it even grows up, fowls of the air come down and take it up. That's what it says in 19. The fowls are always there. The fowls are demonic, always been demonic. The kingdom will be full of cults. What Jesus is telling us is the kingdom's going to be full of cults until the time I come back. It's going to, always, it's going to be religion. The devil, the devil, the devil doesn't hate religion. He uses it. Brother, you know what you got to do is quit being in religion. Religion will damn people. Christianity saves them. Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. You didn't hear lost today? That's what he came for. Well, I'm sure you're glad he did. 1980, I got it. The devil uh, said he done. The beasts of the field can enjoy the comfort of being under the tree. Well, it's a shady thing there, man. They can hang under the tree. It, it's, uh, out in Africa, the only place you can go is under the tree. The devil fixes it for those people that the only place you can go is to them. And somehow we think that's right. I, I was sitting there. Uh, they, they sent me to a chief's mess. Uh, I was E5, and they wanted me to become a... Uh, they put me in Sailor of the Year, Camsland Sailor of the Year, which is the entire East Coast from Maine all the way down to Florida. And uh, I was an E5. There was no way I was ever going to make it. I couldn't have made it. I mean, they were putting E6s up. The moment whoever made Sailor of the Year out of those E6s, that person was going to be frocked immediately to a chief, E7. They weren't going to take an E5 and frock him to, to a chief. That would be two rank structures. They wouldn't do that. And I knew that, but my boss said, Mike, you need to get into this thing because you're going to be in this thing after a while. You need to get in here and see what's going on. So they put me in there, and they asked me a few questions, and they asked me what I thought about uh, women in the Navy. And I said, I, I don't think about women in the Navy. I think it should be sailors. Sailors are sailors, and they're not women or men. They're sailors. If they're a sailor, you've got to meet these requirements. This is what you do. They didn't like that answer. Why do I have to change everything for somebody to be something that they say they want to be? You want to be an American? Then you're an American. You're not a homosexual, you're not gay, you're not proud, you're not this, you're not that, you're not black, you're not white, you're an American. The rules in America are America. Why do they keep saying these people are different than those people? Look, man, I've seen people that have been, Fanny Crosby wrote 9,000 songs that we still sing today, blind at six weeks old. What hindered her? Nobody. You get God on your side, you can't be hindered. When you try to make somebody else doing something, you're stealing their rights. I think if we try to steal somebody else's rights, we're stealing their rights. I don't think you should, you should never go in front of a Catholic church, a Presbyterian church, a Methodist church, and start preaching at the church. If you do, don't even tell them you're part of this one. That is stupid. They have just as much right to do as, I've been on the street corner with homosexuals preaching right, hold a sign, honk if, you're, if you like gays. Praise God, hallelujah, man. Hey, you know you're going to hell, don't you? He didn't last very long. Why, man? Hey, I'll let you hold your sign. I got my Ten Commandments. I got one of them right here, man. Ten Commandments, that's not commit adultery. You commit adultery, you married, man? You having sex? It's adultery, man. It's adultery. Here, you want to read my, the rest of them? And let me flip them over. I'll give you the other ten on this side. They run away. I don't have to run from them. I just have to be able to stand. And having done all, stand. That's what Ephesians say. Stand. The fowls, the kingdom will be full of cults. The beasts of the field can comfort, be comforted. You know what, this, this world, if, if you are comforted under that system, there's a problem with what you think. Dirty birds and beasts are easily, not easily spotted. We need some, we need some bird watching courses. We, me and Beth was watching this thing, and it was one of those uh, storage wars. And uh, this guy uh, found this bird. I didn't even know what it was at first. It was it's kind of a bent looking telescope thing. And he took it to somebody, and the guy said, oh, yeah, it's a bird-watching thing, and you watch birds. And, and he said, this one's worth this much, and this one's worth this much. And, and I'm sitting there going, you know, we, we're not attentive. The, the guy that he went to was an expert, and he could tell you real quick what he was looking at, and he could show you the difference between them. We're not, you know, we're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to know what we're looking at. Yeah. 
And we sit there and we just let this world tell us. This world should never tell us what we should be like. Now, another Christian can help you and, and tell you what you should be like, but not them. The fowls, the dirty birds are not easily spotted. Boy, they got, Satan's got them looking really, really good. Man, have you ever talked to some, I've talked to Catholic priests. I was up at Great Lakes, there's a chaplain's corps up there. They, they sent us over to do work for them. And there was all kinds of chaplains there. You know, the, them guys, a lot of them looked really, really nice. I've heard people say, well, I know, I know men that's in the chaplain's corps right now. Uh, sorry, sorry. Don't even go there with me. You're not going to tell me that you're going to go into... You know, the Roman Catholic Church owns the chaplain corps of the United States military. It falls under a Roman Catholic admiral. He owns the thing. So in to be a chaplain in the United States military, you're going to have to follow suit. I don't care if you are telling the gospel. You're following under suit under the, the Babylonian system, which is Roman Catholicism. Almost every captain in the United States Navy, now I'm talking about you got some carriers out there that are killers. I talk about my Navy all the time because I like my Navy. My Navy is, I could go to sleep at night on my ships. I didn't ever have to worry about ever going to sleep because they were going to handle business. You start messing with them and they're going to handle business. We've never had to get in a place where they had to stop them from handling business. They had to come out with messages that you will not do this because they're ready to do it. They don't want to play no games. They're not like, hey, man, I got maids coming in taking care. No, 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 no. They want to blow stuff up. They got missiles. We go into Yorktown, load up our ships with missiles, and then we go out to sea. They want to blow something up, and they have to be stopped. You know, almost every captain I ever met was Roman Catholic. That ought to tell you something. To get up, I had a master chief tell me one time, he said, how did you get through being a chief? We stopped people like you. What do you mean you stopped people like me? Christians. Every captain I've ever met in the United States Navy, I don't know about Air Force, Army, Marines, I'm just talking about the Navy, every admiral or anybody but is a Roman Catholic. What does that tell you? That this umbrella is, is far spread more wide than what you think. And you got to watch that thing. Dirty birds are not easily spotted. They look good, man. You know, they, as an E6, they wanted you to be spotless. You want to make E5, E6, you be spotless. I was spotless. The moment you t I made E7, they wanted me to be a filthy dog. I'm like, whoa, what happened here, man? What happened to the spotless thing? Well, you already, you already crossed that line. There's a line right here. It's called Navy Chief. You made this thing. Now you got to become one of us, and you can't say nothing. So whatever you see, you got to keep your mouth shut. I'm sorry. This ain't the kid to do that. If I, I call it like it is, I like it, man. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what else to say. You get me ticked off, man. I'm just going to tell you. How can you spot? They will never use the Bible. How can you spot this thing? Oh, they will use the Bible. The, 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 the cover out here is so, so fixed anymore. When you sit there and look at it, you say, how can I tell? He goes, because they, they're using the Bible. They will perform, church, they'll, they'll do stuff. They'll say they can perform miracles. Have you ever seen Benny Hinn? That, that thing's the biggest lie you've ever seen, man. He'll have a little microphone in his ear. And somebody will be coming in the door, and they'll bring a wheelchair up and say, hey, I'll sit down in the wheelchair. And then he'll bring him up in the wheelchair. And he says, stand up and be healed. And they'll stand up. And then the whole crowd, you know what the whole crowd thinks? They just got, they were crippled, they couldn't walk, and now they can walk. Yeah. It's total deception. Everything's deception. And, but, you, but the crowd out there doesn't know. You know what that is? That's ignorance of the word of God. They use the Bible. But it, uh, 2 Peter, I'll go to there. I'm going to read this one real, real quick. Y'all don't have to turn it. But 2 Peter 3.16. I got two more minutes and I won't be done. I know if I tell you I'm going to be done in two minutes, I'm going to lie. 2 Peter Second Peter. That, that little parable there was an amazing parable. I'm not doing it justice. I know I'm not, but I'm telling you, it's a, maybe it'll make you think about it for just a second. 2, 2 16, 3, 16, 2 Peter 3, 16. Am I in the right place? 2 Peter 3, 16. I'm in the wrong place because that ain't the verse. And also, yeah, that's it. Uh, verse 16. And also in all his epistles, speaking to them in, of things of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they 
that are unlearned and unstable rest. They rest with the Word of God, as they do also uh, the other scripture under their own destruction. Those foul, man, when you start pulling up the Word of God to them, they'll, it'll mess them up. You know what you need to do is learn the Word of God. You need to learn that just because somebody looks like they're performing a miracle, that's not necessarily true. Uh, they will appear to do good works. Just because they appear to do good works doesn't mean a thing. You know, churches out there, they'll wear you out. They'll just wear you flat out. I was in a church one time, supposed to be the biggest church in the country, the biggest Sunday school in the country. I had a preacher that was there. If I mention his name, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. And he asked me one time, he goes, Mike, you was in that church for a year and a half, two years, weren't you? I said, yes, I was. He goes, and it was the biggest Sunday school in the world. I said, yes. He said, and they said they had this many people. I said, yes. He goes, have you ever wondered why they never added a pew? I said, no, I never thought about that. He goes, so you never thought about them not adding a pew, and, and they're telling you all the people that got saved. Have you ever heard people get saved, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're not doing nothing? Oh, over in Africa. You know, I got a good friend, Mike, Mike Dobbins over there. They just read his prayer letter Wednesday night. I think he said like six or eight people got saved in a big, big uh, uh, campaign they had. You talk to some people, oh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Joe's been over there. He'll tell you, man. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. That don't happen. That's what you're getting. You're getting a lot of, uh, not conversions, you're getting recommitments or you're getting, they're making decisions for this and they count it all for the same. What they're doing is they're under this umbrella, they're trying to make it sound good. He, I mean, you're talking Brother Joe about what goes on up north. It'll drive you crazy, man. They will have mission societies. And then what will happen to us is we'll come up and think our church will be the exact same way. No, we support missions here. We vet, we vet the ones. I got some here that I'll probably have to end up dropping. Why? Because they're not quite our stripe. You know what? Some people brought them in. I told everybody, I said, you bring them in here, we'll put them under the umbrella of the church, and we'll keep them until they come off the field. We've got a couple that's coming off the field, probably end up dropping them. Why? Because they don't believe like we believe. They can, have, they can appear to have miracle working powers, healing people. What a crazy thing. Uh, they may even have re revival services. Just because a church has a revival service don't mean it is a church. It could still be under that Babylonian umbrella. Brother, you know what? You got a Bible. There's a way to tell. There's a way to tell. The mustard seed, the mustard seed is not part of that tree. What that thing did was it came, when the Lord said that thing, he said, what they're going to do, they're going to morph out of there. They're going to see this thing, and Constantine's going to pull that thing in in 325. He didn't say all this, but that's what happened. History shows you that. He's going to pull all this up under this tree, and he's going to have the pagans and everybody else. So you got Christianity on this side, and you're going to have to tone down what you believe. You know what will save this world is truth. You know what somebody, how they get saved is truth. They don't get saved with a lie. They don't get saved with us being nice to them. They need to know there's a heaven and there's a hell. Make the choice. It's your choice. Free will, man. That's what God gave us, free will. God's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to make me do anything. But he, it still has to be truth. These churches don't want, well, you know, you just got to win them with this. And we got to have this program and that program. And programs just, all it does is take your money. They may have revival service. They have their own tracks. They, have you ever seen, oh, man, I was in, uh, oh, uh, I forget the name of the Cubs. And that, that Jehovah Witness lady was the sweetest looking lady you ever seen in your life, man. Had her little race car. I forget what it was. It was like an Audi or something like one of these little Audis. Gray. I mean, nice car, man. Probably a $70,000, $80,000 car. Her and this other old lady, Saturday morning, sitting there. Beth sends me over to get some water. I walk out there, and she hands me a track, and I don't think nothing about it. I just pick the track up. I don't see any here, so it's like this right here. She handed me this track, and I said, okay, thank you, and I stick it in my pocket and walk away, and I get into Cubs and get all the distilled water I want while I'm walking down the the aisle and cubs, I pull that track out and it says, watch tires to the side. I was, oh, Lord, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? And he goes, yes. I said, but that ain't right. This is two sweet little old ladies. I mean, this could be like your grandma's. Two nice real old ladies. I mean, that could be like the lady next door just giving you cookies and stuff. I said, you're going to make, yeah, all the way through the store, man. I paid the cash register, paid the money. I go outside, here's two old ladies, man, Jehovah Witnesses, wicked as hell, sitting out in the parking lot, passing tracks out on a Saturday morning. What do you do? What y'all do Saturday morning? Nah, you don't have to tell me. And I'm, I walk up to the lady, and she's in the driver's side. I mean, I look down at her, and I felt like, man, she belongs in the library somewhere. I really could look at her, and I'm like, I said, ma'am, I said, you're Jehovah Witness, aren't you? She goes, yeah. 
And I took that track and I just wadded it up and dropped it right in front of her. I thought she was going to die. And I said, you know what? Before I did that, I said, you know what? I said, I'm a Baptist. And I said, I have grace enough to take your track. But I said, you would never take one of mine. Oh, no, we can't take one of yours because when I called her out, she couldn't deal with it. I said, you would never take one of mine. I said, and I, that's why I watered it up right in front of her and dropped it. She said, well, that's inhuman. That wicked woman is throwing people into hell. Yep. That's right. And we are sitting there saying, oh, well, it's just a little old. No, that's a little old devil. Yep. Amen. Now, brethren, you know what? We're a small group. We're a little mustard tree. We're a little mustard plant. And we got some seeds on us. You know what's good about a mustard seed? As little as it is, it reproduces. And it, re it has to reproduce itself or else it dies off. You know what Christianity has to do? It has to reproduce itself or it dies off. Lord mentions a little bitty plant. You know what the hardest thing you'll ever do is keep your plant clean and don't let it get morphed out to something else. You know what the devil wants to do is get it out there. The mustard seed, the mustard plant only lasts for a short while. I said two years. Produces very small seeds, but when it is ground and crushed, the, seed, the, the seeds are first ground into powder and then mixed with other uh, ingredients uh, to create the, this condiment, mustard. You know, uh, they do the same thing with horseradish. And it'll do the same thing. It'll clean your sinuses out, man. It'll, make, it'll give you a reaction. That's what, some, some mustards do that. They put stuff in some mustards. and it, Mustard seeds are first ground. Roughly 1,000 seeds are used in manufacturing just an 8-ounce bottle of mustard. You know how many times it's going to take us to deal with somebody to get them to come to the gospel? It could be a thousand gospel tracts placed in somebody's hand. It could be a thousand different uh, witnesses before somebody actually gets it. Don't be in a hurry. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Jesus is warning us to beware of false religions. That's what this parable is about. He's saying, beware, beware, beware. Don't get your emotions involved. Beware. I love Jesus, man. I like it when he says... Oh, my dad's dead. He, my father's passed away. Let me go bury. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. And he walks off. Now you say, well, that's hard. No, no. You know what he does? He has his priorities in the right place. The man's already dead. You can do nothing more for him. We have to have a casket and have to have all this money. I had a friend one time. I thank God for it. I, I walked down. I used to go up and down 3rd Street down there, and I haven't done it. I, I, I don't know if I have an excuse or not, but... I knocked on this door, and this little girl came to the door, and I had a Crane Pro service jacket on, and, and this little girl looked at me, and I was talking to her, just witnessing to her, and, and I got to lead her to Christ. And she goes, my daddy worked for Crane Pro Services. I said, oh, he does? She, I said, I work for Crane Pro Services. Who's your daddy? She goes, Roland Campbell. I said, man, me and him work together like that all day long. And we just started talking, and it built a relationship right there, and the little girl got saved and trusted Jesus Christ. And said, did she get saved? That's what she said. I made the offer. She took it. I'm done. You say, what happened? About four, five, six weeks ago, maybe eight weeks later, ten weeks, something, she died. I talked to Roland. Roland asked me if I'd do the funeral. I said, sure. So I went up, me and Beth went up in Michigan someplace, did the funeral. And I, and I told him, I said, that little girl got saved on a porch in, in Dayton, Ohio, when I went up and knocked on her door. I had so many of the bikers, man, just bikers and, and rough people. That you could see their lives were just rough. They come up and say, hey, man, you sound like you knew her. I said, I did know her. I said, the Lord let me walk in her path just before something happened to her, and she got saved. That little girl's now sitting in heaven, and she, if she trusted Jesus Christ like she said she did, she's sitting in heaven, and one day I'm going to get there, and guess what? I'm going to see her in heaven. Amen. Everybody has the right. You know what the devil wants to do is... Hey, just calm down, man. Just, you know, everything, Gay Pride Month, it's okay. We're, we're going to have, we need to just, know they're wrong. What is wrong with telling somebody they're wrong? Man, my teachers, when I was a kid, used to do that all the time. They told me I was wrong at the end of a paddle. They made sure I clearly understood what they were saying. Clearly. I'm like, what is wrong with that? We have lost the whole thing. The Lord's given us a source, a test, a litmus test to prove that you're following the correct thing. What is the source of your information? Mine's a Bible. That's all I got. King James 1611 Bible. It sits here. I don't have anything else. 
I don't have a, a group of laws in the country. I don't have nothing. I, I will obey all the laws in the country. I'll do whatever they tell me until it crosses this. When it crosses this, I now have to make a decision what to do. They say, they came in here and say, you need to quit, uh, take your Bible out because your Bible's a, a book of hate. I'm like, no, it's a book of love, and let me show you where the love is, but I'm not going to get rid of this. Not for them. You know what, uh, when that lady, I was in there talking to her, and I wanted to track up in front of her, she didn't want nothing to do with the Word of God. What she was taught is in her Babylonian-type religion, which they'll all say, well, we're not, but that's what it is. We were taught this, and we were taught this, and we were taught this, and we were taught this. That's not what the Bible says. That's one of the ways you can tell that thing. You know what? When you're out there in the world and you're sitting there talking to somebody, and I don't care how good they look, find out where the source of their information is coming from. It has to be the Bible. Anything else is wrong. I don't care how much education you got, how much schooling it is. I don't care how many professors you talk to. They're wrong. I love that Andrew would go out to college out there and actually get in uh, discussions with the professors out there about the Word of God. You know what it was? He was trained with some things, got to go out there and see some other things, and actually could stand foot to foot, toe to toe with some of these guys and help them. Uh, in your business every day, you know what you need to do? Get in this book and understand. You know why I tell you to take that Bible education, that Bible course, so that you'll have enough information you can stand toe to toe with somebody. The Savior test. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? Joe Witness, don't they believe he is, is Satan is his brother? They believe he is a lesser God than God the Father. But boy, you get down here and say, Jesus Christ said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 16, 30 and 31. The Philippian jailer says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? But I like, I like people like that. I like somebody who says, what do I got to do to get saved, man? And you tell them and they do. That's what it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's Paul. That's Paul. It's a savior test. It's a simple thing. I like, you know, all through your Bible, there's a guy that Aquila and Priscilla was talking to, and, and he was still preaching John's baptism. And, and, and Aquila and Priscilla come up and said, have you heard? And they go, he goes, I haven't heard nothing but John's baptism. So they, they uh, expounded him more perfectly, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The guy gets saved and goes off teaching Jesus. You know, somebody who wants to hear the truth will just agree with, they'll listen to it. The Holy Spirit's talking to them inside, whether they're saved or lost, doesn't matter. They're listening, and they're looking. The Ethiopian eunuch, sitting there reading his Bible, and he, the Old Testament, man, he's sitting there going, hey, you, you think that's bad? The guy's a eunuch. He's an Ethiopian, and he's reading a Hebrew text. He had to learn two languages so he could read that part, portion of the Scripture. I'm lucky to just read one, English, and I have a problem with that. Savior test. Who is he talking about? Philip come up and says, I can tell you exactly. Let me tell you about Jesus. The subject test, it's the gospel. You know the key to your Bible is the gospel? Christ died for our sins. That's the purpose of our lives here is to get saved. After that, guess what? It's to be that seed and to reproduce. We need to reproduce like that little mustard plant did. The salvation test, your eternity. I've I'm I'm, got one more thing. Your eternity, where is it? It will be somewhere. Eternity is forever. The moment I die, I step into eternity. I'm in eternity now, but I'm in a, a bubble called time. But the moment, one of these days I'm going to die, I'm going to be in eternity. I'll be eternally in heaven or eternally in hell. But praise God, 1980, I made a decision to go to heaven. The sanctification test. Here's another way. Look at somebody and ask them or just watch them and, and see how they're living. How you live explains a lot to other people. That you wonder why people around you aren't getting saved or don't want to get saved or don't want nothing to do with it. It's the life you live. They see it. What, what have you got that I, I need? You have nothing I need. You know what you got to do? You got to have a life that's clean. Paul watched everything. He said, I died daily. You ever wondered why everybody got away from Paul? Probably irritated him. Jesus Christ is a sore. I said this at the beginning. The seed is the truth. The shrubs... Are true believers, the tree is apostate, apostate Christianity. You know what's driving everybody away from God today? Apostate Christianity. People that don't believe and live what they say they believe and live. Your life should reflect Jesus Christ. Mine should reflect Jesus Christ. When it does not reflect Jesus Christ, those around us suffer and they die and they go to a place called hell. And they may have gone there anyways, but brethren, I don't want to be the cause of it. Father, I do thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this Bible. Lord, I know I didn't do justice to what I just said. Lord, that's, that's a whole lot deeper than uh, I could even possibly go in the time I had. 
Lord, you said a mustard seed, and, and there's no way that mustard seed could grow in that tree. But then you gave that thing back there with Daniel and, and Nebuchadnezzar, Lord, and, and the way our Christianity of the world has gone today in religion, Lord, has set up a, a system, Lord, that everybody seems to fall under. And, Lord, it, it hampers uh, the prosperity and the growth of Christianity. Lord, we're never supposed to be a big thing. We're always supposed to be a small thing. Uh, Lord, uh, there's nothing small in your eyes. Uh, Lord, everything you do is great. And, Lord, you said that these seeds are small, but uh, they can be the greatest herb out there. And, Lord, there's a, there's a reason you said that. Lord, help us to never become part of that religion, uh, religious system that's above us, uh, Lord, that uh, hides us. Thank you for men and women down through time, Lord, that always uh, kept the way to go and kept it clean and pure. And, Lord, uh, we now sit out here uh, 2,000 years later and have the Bible in our hand. Thank you for that. Uh, Lord, uh, and the word of God, Lord, and then we can believe it. Lord, I just pray that those in here today, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, that you'd open their eyes and their heart and show them that one of these days, Lord, uh, death is sure and, and they're going to stand before you. Uh, Lord, this world has nothing that's going to help them at that point. Lord, uh, there'll just be strictly an answer between uh, you and them. And Lord, uh, only by pride cometh contention. Help us get over the pride problem. Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, help us to live that life that we should live before this world, that they can see us as Christians. And, Lord, put those in front of us and give us the words to speak at those moments, Lord, that we can give them. Lord, if uh, we don't know this Bible well enough, I pray that you put a conviction in our heart, Lord, to study it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and just keep studying, Lord. I just thank you for a book that we can hold in our hands and we can read today. Uh, Lord, again, bless today and thank you. And thank you for uh, uh, Dustin and, and Hannah, Lord, and their decision. Uh, to follow you, and I just pray that you uh, start putting your hand upon their relationship and keep it there, uh, Lord, uh, as you have up to this point, Lord, and just keep working it out for them, uh, Lord, and for the rest of us, Lord, that you just help us to endure, Lord. It's a blessing to be in the world, but the world is going down the path, Lord, that uh, we should not be going down with it. Uh, Lord, help us to be the lights that this world see, uh, needs to see and, and uh, help them get on the path, and, and uh, Lord, give us some souls. And Father, again, we'll thank you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.